Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Look at verse 3. You talk about the second vial. The waters of the sea are turned to blood. And every creature in the sea dies. I know what some of you already said, Pastor Mike, give me a break. This Star Wars stuff never will happen. Impossible. This is going to happen. I don't believe it. Oh, you will then. And you'll be filled with fear like unknown to man. Have you ever felt like so much of what is prophesied about in the end times just sounds like an intense sci-fi movie? Today, as Pastor Mark looks at the seven seals to be revealed in the tribulation, he warns listeners to not take lightly the wrath of God that is to come. The world as we know it will be much different after the rapture of the church. Not only will much of the population be gone, things people have never seen will be in line to happen. For Christians, there's no need to fear, as our fate rests in the saving grace of Jesus. Lean on Him for peace and hope today. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark as he continues with his message entitled, Grace and Salvation During the Tribulation. He will ride his white horse into Jerusalem and bring initial peace between the Arabs and the Jews. Unheard of. Never's happened. And when he does that, he will say to the Jewish people, you always wanted to do this. You're free to do it. And what will that be? To rebuild their temple. You see, ever since 70 AD, the Jews had no way if you're Jewish, to worship God. Of course, we know that Christ came, did away with that. The temple is now in the heart of men. But he will allow the Jews to rebuild their temple. Now, who could do that? Only a man of peace, a man of deceptive peace. So that's what we believe will indeed happen as that takes place. Now, how does that work? Well, the Antichrist appears as a friend of Israel. He allows them to do what they want. He appears to the Jews since they can build their temple. Listen, listen, see if you can get it. Vieira, listen. This Antichrist allows them to rebuild their temple. He's a man of worldwide peace. Who do the Jews think he is? The Messiah. If you go over to Israel today, if you go with us, you'll find people in the street saying the Messiah, the man of peace is coming. They will think that the Antichrist is the man of peace. He is finally the Messiah. Well, we know the Messiah came 2,000 years ago, but they're going to be deceived, but they won't see it initially. So while they're in there, 
We're going to see this temple. We're going to see the reinstitution of all of the Old Testament things again. Now, what happens? Midway through, one half year, uh, three and a half years into this seven-year peace, here's what happens. The Antichrist walks in, stops all sacrifices. Done. Finished. Set, puts his little image in there in the holies of holies and says to the world, Worship me. I'm God. That's the abomination that, listen, causes devastation. Why? Because from that moment when he does that, he will begin immediately killing any Christian and any Jew he can find. The abomination that causes desolation, it will be Hell on earth. That's the beginning of the second part of the tribulation called the Great Tribulation. Now, turn back to Matthew 24. Matthew 24, verse 15. Jesus spoke about this. And I think this is so huge for us. Jesus says, So when you see standing in the holy place, the Antichrist, The abomination where he declares himself to be God that causes desolation. Now the world's going to be desolated because of God's wrath. Spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader be confused. Is that what it says in your Bible? So it says, let the reader be what? Let him what? Understand. Understand this, guys. This is so huge. Notice that we can know how the world's going to end. What you're about to read, the Jews know the outcome. This is a sign for them. They will know. Picture yourself. Go with me today to Jerusalem. You're a Jew or a Christian. You said, Pastor Mark, Christians? You told me at the rapture all Christians go. Yes, but you're going to see that millions, if not billions of people become Christians during the tribulation. I'll show you how. But let's say you're in Jerusalem. Do you think this picture of the Antichrist setting up his image and saying he's God, do you think it will be on the newspapers and on your little uh, phones and on your web things anywhere? Do you think it'll be there? It'll be worldwide instantaneously. Now, if you're a Christian or a Jew in Jerusalem, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? If you're a Jewish person, are you going, this can't be the Messiah. This is a man claiming to be Worship him and not God. He says he's God. So the Jews are frantic. Now they know they've missed it again. A Christian. He can't bow down to anyone but the true God. So what should they do? They're not left clueless. Notice what Jesus says. Look at verse 16. When this happens, if you're a Jew or Gentile and living in Judea, what should you do? Let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down to take out anything of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or the Sabbath. So what is that a picture of? It's God's grace. The Jews who have just said he's the Messiah, they're wrong. They're deceived. They're against God. These Christians that become Christians during this time have all this time in the tribulation Even before that said to you, when you gave a DVD or a CD to him, I don't believe that jazz. 
when this all breaks free, they become, well, they don't deserve it, but this is a picture of God's grace. So when that happens, we know that God's going to protect not everybody, but some Jews specifically. Now, where is he going to protect them? Well, there's a lot of different theories on this. We really don't know all of them. But the Old Testament kind of gives us in Isaiah a picture of one area. On our last trip to Israel, we visited this area. It's called Petra, and it's in Jordan. So what God is going to do, he's going to take these people. And notice, when this happens, here's another picture. As you move on, you can just see how huge this place is. He says to these people, when you see this on your little cell phone, it's probably about that big, it's probably in your forehead by then, whatever's going to happen. When you see this, don't go downstairs and what? Pack a bag. Go for it. Because you're going to be killed immediately. If you're, why does it say if you're pregnant, woe to you? Because you're going to be what? A little slower going for it. How about in the winter? Well, it's sloppy on the roads. Dangerous to get there. So the Spirit says to people, you go. And when you go, God's going to protect you here. A beautiful picture of God's grace. Now, why would they flee? They've seen desolation. They've never seen anything like this going to come. They don't even know what it's going to be like. How bad is it going to get at the three and a half year point onto the end of the seven years? How bad? Jesus tells us. Look right here in verse 21. For then... There will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, and never to be equaled again. Just look at me for a moment. We know that during the tribulation, numbers of times, probably about one half of the world's population is going to be killed. Figure how many that people is. But that's not the extent of it. Look at verse 22. If those days, those three and a half years, had not been cut short, no one would survive. Every single living person would be killed. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. In other words, if they just went out past the seven years with the devastation happening, the Antichrist killing, Satan killing... God's wrath, nobody would be left alive. Zero. Now, let's turn to Revelation 16. What is that going to look like exactly? We don't really know. Let's talk about these areas again. Remember, this is a tribulation. It starts with the seven seals, then goes to the seven trumpets, and then pours into the seven bowls or the seven vials. You've made your way to Revelation 16. We're just going to talk about the seven bowls. I'm just going to give you a little summary and go through really quick. Look in verse 2. During this time, by the way, this is worldwide. Some kind of vile cancerous sore is poured out on all of mankind. This isn't just in Israel. This is worldwide. If you're here and living in the United States, you're still here. It's going to happen. Look at verse 3. You talk about the second vial. The waters of the sea are turned to blood. And every creature in the sea dies. I know what some of you already said. Pastor Mike, give me a break. This Star Wars stuff never will happen. Impossible. This is going to happen. I don't believe it. Oh, you will then. And you'll be filled with fear like unknown to man. 
Well, the third vial, look at verse 4 and 7. Not only does the sea turn to blood, the fresh waters of the earth are turned to blood. You want a fresh drink. There is none. Verses 8 and 9, the sun's heat is intensified and men's bodies are burned by the heat of the sun. Yet notice, look in, that, look in those verses, 8 and 9. In spite of all this, man holds his fist up to God and does not repent. And then verses 17 through 21. There is a huge earthquake that causes the islands of the sea to sink, all the mountains of the earth to fall flat. On top of this, every major city in the earth will be destroyed. Now you can see why millions of people, billions of people will be killed. Now all of us come from different parts of the world. Notice this. The hailstones during that time will be 125 pounds. You talk about fear. Look what's going to happen in Revelation 9, verse 20. But the people who did not die in these plagues still refuse to repent. They still refuse to repent of their evil deeds and turn to God. Why? They continue to worship demons and idols made of gold and silver and bronze and stone and wood, idols that can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders or their witchcraft or their sexual immorality or their thefts. You already know what the world's going to look like then. Not too much different than now, except for one thing. The church is still here. When the church leaves, the world goes to hell. Now, you would think that men, seeing this, would cry out, God, help me. But they're angry at God. Why? They continued over and over and over to harden their heart. You see, that's a little picture. The Bible says today we should gather together because the enemy can, can deceive us by the hardness of our heart. You know, the greatest thing that I find in church, and I've been doing this many years. You know, my dad was a pastor, my grandpa's a pastor. I've been doing this forever. I was on a piano bench when I was two months old. Here's what I continue to see today. People get hurt in a church all over the world. And they take it out on God. The very thing Satan wants them to do. And I want to say to you lovingly, kindly, are you ever going to get hurt in the church? If you're human, you're going to get hurt in the church. Get over it. Soften your heart. Life is too short. Well, I'm looking for the perfect church. Good luck. You're here. That settles that. All right. Get over it, right? You come in my office for counseling, I have care, I have love, I pray with you, but I got a sign before it goes out. Get over it. We can't carry that junk with us, guys. That's why these men are angry at God, because they were angry at God before this tribulation started. It was never God's fault. It was their fault. Well, how well... Satan control the world. I mean, how in the world is that going to happen through this Antichrist? Turn with me to Revelation 13. You'll see exactly how it happened. In the book of John, when John wrote, he called Satan the dragon. He called the Antichrist the beast. So that you just understand it as we go through it. Look at verse 4. 
Men worshiped the dragon, Satan, because he had given authority to the beast, Antichrist, and they also worshiped the beast and asked, who is like the beast? Who is like the Antichrist? Who can make war against him? And the beast, the Antichrist, was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise his authority. Notice how long? 42 months, three and one half years. And he was given power to make war against the saints. That's Christians and Jews, people who come to the Lord, and conquer them. So that's already a picture that many, many believers who come to Christ during the tribulation will be martyred. And he was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. So this is not this little little control over Israel. This is control over every tribe, people, language, nation in the world. The Antichrist is the ruler. Verse 8, all inhabitants of the earth will worship the Antichrist. But here we have a picture in verse 8 of a choice. Millions of people will not worship him. Who are they? Look what it says. All whose names have not been written in the book of life belonging to the Lamb that was slain from the creation of the world. Understand, if your name has not been written in that book of life, which means you've accepted Christ, then you will worship the beast. Now, if your name is written in there, what's that going to look like? What's going to happen to you then? We'll talk about it. In Revelation 13, where you're at, scoot on down to verse 16 and 17, we know that in this chapter, the Antichrist is assassinated. But before the watching world, he rises from the dead. When this happens, the world goes, wow, he's God. And they fall at his feet and worship him. Isn't this ironic? Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died. He was crucified. Three days later, he rose. Many people bowed, but most people did not. See, the Antichrist and Satan always mimic exactly what God and Jesus did. Well, how will this world respond to this madman? Why would you worship this guy? Look at verse 16 and 17. He also forced everyone... Not a person in this room, if you're living during the tribulation, you're everyone. Will be assassinated, excuse me. He will will also force everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead. So that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of his name. How is this going to happen? Here's Satan's plan, the Antichrist plan. This is how the world will be dominated. Look at it, write it down, remember it. One world government. Second, one world religion. We already saw that happening. We already see it today with ecumenicalism, don't we? We say, everybody, what's the key word in religion today around the world? The key word today is tolerant. Be tolerant of anybody else's belief. Believe whatever they want to believe. We all go in the same place. There's only one way. I mean, there's a million ways to get to God. Just be tolerant. Well, that's going to get worse and worse and worse. And, of course, we see the tolerance ends when the Antichrist himself stands up and says, I don't care who you're worshiping, Muslims. You can't worship Allah. I'm God. So it's going to end. Then the last one is, 
one world economic system. That's where no one can buy or sell without a mark approved by this administration. You will have your chip. I will have my chip. Everyone will receive a mark in that period of time. Don't worry about right now. Somebody asked me this after the first service. Does that mean if, I, if my grandma is in a nursing home and they put this little chip in her to keep her from wandering off and whatever, is she getting the mark of the beast? No, that is not the mark of the beast. Relax. See, you have to make a conscious choice to do this. So what does that mean? Everyone will receive a mark in their foreheads or their right hand that will identify them as worshipers of the Antichrist. Without the mark, in other words, if you're going to choose Christ, you'll probably be martyred, unless you're one of those individuals that God's going to supernaturally protect, which we'll talk about later. So here's something I want to say to you. Receiving the mark of the beast will be a deliberate choice. The importance of choice. It's the same as the choice today. No one can serve two masters. You can't serve self, and that day you'll be serving the Antichrist or God. Today you're not serving self, you're serving Satan or God. Now, thankfully, as we think of all this stuff happening, you know, when you go through the book of Revelation, sometimes you want to go like, is there any good news? Are you ready for some good news this morning? After reading this, I'm ready for some good news. But you know what? Satan thinks he's winning, but he's not really winning. Well, I heard this, and it was an interesting story. Every evening, bird lover Tom stood in his backyard. And he liked animals, so he would hoot, hoping a little owl somewhere would respond to him. Well, finally, one night, the owl hooted back. Every night then, for months, the man and his feathered friend went out back, and they hooted back and forth. He'd never saw the owl, but they just enjoyed this. The man was so excited, he said to his wife one day, you know what, I love doing this every night, it just takes the pressure of life away. Seems like we have this friendship as we hoot back and forth. Can't understand each other, but they're hooting. One day the wife's out shopping. She runs across her next door neighbor. She says, hey, what's happening? She says, "Uh, well, things are really good at home. My husband's got this weird thing. He goes out every night and spends 20 minutes hooting and back and forth at an owl. She says, that's odd. My husband does the very same thing. (laughs) Well, you see, (laughs) the Antichrist is, is thinking everything is set. I'm winning the war. He's hooting and everything's under control. Well, not really. You see, during this most devastating time on earth, God has a three-point plan to present the gospel. And you'll see there he's going to use 144,000 sealed individuals. He's going to use two witnesses. And he's going to use angels to do one thing. In this period of time, to say, God can still be worshipped. If you haven't taken the mark of the beast, choose God. The Antichrist, just as the enemy is described in Scripture, will come to steal, kill, and destroy. Today we learn from Pastor Mark the deceptive nature of the Antichrist and how he will rise to power in the end times. He will implement a one-world government, one-world religion, and one world economic system to build his power. As Christians, we must be aware of this and understand that no one can serve two masters. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. How does God maintain His loving nature in the midst of outpouring His wrath and judgment on the earth? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners that even during the tribulation, the gospel will be preached and lives will be saved. Even while the Lord is judging mankind, He still is longing for them to turn from their ways and follow Him. Don't wait before it's too late. God desires you today. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. in a hurry.